He didn't know what was going on. No cell phones. <laughs> so, um, and we were already packed to go. We had a lot of stuff in these, you know, containers that you put used to put on the ships. One guy stuck his bayonet in the container, thinking that maybe my father was inside. This is Humans of the Hospital, stories about more than medicine. Today's storyteller is a patient who had chronic kidney disease and fled Nazi Germany years ago. She is actually my grandma, my Oma. She passed away this year, but two years before, we recorded her telling the story of the day Nazis broke the windows of so many Jewish businesses and homes in 1938. This is her Kristallnacht story, as we chew bagels in her kitchen, like we always did. Thinking that maybe my father was inside. And then he said, um, they're leaving anyway, let's go. Hmm. So he left us alone. And we left like two weeks afterwards. I remember they came with their brown shirts and the swastika on here. Many people weren't so lucky. So did they, did they knock on the door or did they break the door down? I really don't recall. Yeah, yeah. They probably, you know, just pushed up. Did you know that it was like a, the severity of the situation, or did it seem... I mean, we didn't know what was going on, you know. Hitler used an excuse. There was somebody in France from the embassy that he claimed the Jews killed. You already knew things were bad. My father couldn't work anymore. He had a shoe business. And his customer said, I'm sorry, Mr. Wasserman, we're not allowed to buy from you anymore. He really put pressure on my mother, who had her family here. Because my grandmother... I think there was six or seven kids. So some of them came to the United States and they're the ones who gave us the affidavit. Hmm. I never met them, they were out west. You had to have a visa, of course. You had to have somebody who put aside $2,000. That was a lot of money in 1938 to guarantee you wouldn't become a burden to the state. And then you had to be part of a quota from the State Department, how many Jews they would let in. And they let less Jews in than the quota was called for. because the State Department was very anti-Semitic at the time. Nothing new. (laughs) (laughs) Or it all comes around again. Pass it on to somebody else. And then you had to go before um, the U.S. would let you in. 
you had to go to Stuttgart for a physical exam to show you were healthy. So it wasn't easy then, and the U.S. wasn't very welcoming. Um, I think the Jewish community was very insecure and didn't want to make waves. You know, there wouldn't, weren't the protests that they have here now and stuff like that. Um, some who had family helped them. And, um, you know, <clears throat> others didn't know. People didn't know about the camps until much later. You know, there wasn't the communication that there is today. That was very different. But the, commun the Jewish community did not put pressure on the State Department. <clears throat> and Roosevelt, um, the only Jewish one he had was in the Treasury, Morgenthau, who pushed him. But he wanted to win the election and the sentiment was anti-immigrant. So he didn't do very much. And um, although I will give Roosevelt credit, a lot of Jews say, you know, he, he could have done more. Eleanor was more interested. Um, he, he did give assistance in the war effort because Congress did not want him arming Great Britain. They didn't want to sell them weapons and stuff. There were a lot of Nazis here at the time. There were German sympathizers. It wasn't easy. And the German government took everything you had all your possessions, except your furniture and your clothes, and allowed you $10 to take out per person. So we came here with $10. And interestingly, the organization that they're talking about now, HIAS, <clears throat> I think they paid for our train fare to Boston. They have a lot. But there was only one way to get to the United States, and that was by boat. You didn't have all those flights. Mm -hmm. Where did you take the boat from? Hamburg. Your mother's clock is still going. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you remember about the boat ride? What? What do you remember about the boat ride? Oh, I loved the boat. I mean, I was 11 years old, and here I was on this boat. Everybody was seasick except for my mother and me. My sister and my father were sick. We went to, it was an American ship. 
It's called the SS George Washington. I have the uh, thing upstairs from the uh, the ship. Have you seen it? Oh, you bet there were all the passengers. And they knew your name, your age, where you were going. So I used to sneak into first class. We were second class. And watch the movies. And we got royal treatment in the dining room. I think I ate pineapple for every meal. Yeah. I liked it so. It's probably Sandy. <laughs> Pick it up. Sandy. Hello. Hey. Hey, you. <laughs> Visitor, you have one, two special visitors. Hello. Hey. Is there more than two? No, just us. Wow, cool. Yes. Oh my. I have the boys to myself. Two handsome guys. Wow. Yep. That was my aunt calling, which is also classic. Oma was always on the phone with somebody, or FaceTiming, or video chatting somebody. Thanks for listening to Humans of the Hospital. Find all the human stories at soundcloud.com slash humansofthehospital. Reach out to us for ideas and questions at humans.hospitals at gmail.com.